Welcome to St. James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded live at our Sunday morning service. The talk is by the Reverend Fabian Verts entitled, Rooted in the Bible. The readings are taken from 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 to 17, and Hebrews 4, beginning at verse 12. You can watch the whole service on our Facebook page, as well as our YouTube channel, both linked on our website. The the first reading um, today is 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. And I'm reading it from the New Living Bible. But you know what I teach, Timothy, and how I live, and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith and how long I have suffered. You know my love and my patient endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord delivered me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will go on deceiving others, and they themselves will be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out. It teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. This is the word of the Lord. And the second reading is from Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is the word of the Lord.
morning church. I do hope you've enjoyed the service so far and I'm very sorry I can't be with you this morning in person and I'm most probably will be somewhere in Devon by the time you are listening to this video. But it's a great privilege for me to look at one of the values and the key values of our life together. And last week we looked at being rooted in prayer this week we'll be looking at what it means to be rooted in scriptures, in the Bible. And you might remember that picture of a tree, and for a tree to be healthy and to grow, it needs deep and healthy roots. So what does it mean to be rooted in the Bible? And why should we read the Bible, or study the Bible, or inwardly digest the Bible? Well, we do that because the Bible is the most popular book in the world, it's the most powerful book in the world, and it's the most precious book in the world. It is impossible to know exactly how many copies have been printed so far, but research conducted by the British and Foreign Bible Society in 2021 suggests that the total number probably lies between five and seven billions copies. In the 21st century, Bibles are printed at the rate of around 80 million copies a year. And it looks like that number could have reached 100 million copies a year. So just for that simple fact that the Bible is the best seller ever, that should give us at least an incentive to read the Bible for ourselves. But secondly, the Bible is the most powerful book in the world. In our reading this morning, the author to the letter to the Hebrews writes, For the Word of God is active and alive. It pierces deep in our soul and being. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. When you read the Bible, it's alive. It communicates life. It produces change. It brings healing. It directs or redirects our thoughts. And the Bible is also active. It's effective. It brings results. You can show evidences of its real power in your life. Rick Warren founding pastor of Sutherland Church, writes, Reading the Bible generates life. It produces change. It heals hurts. It builds character. It transforms circumstances. It imparts joy. It overcomes adversities. It defeats temptation. It infuses hope. It releases power. It cleanses the mind. The Bible is powerful because it's alive, because it's active, but also because it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our mind and our hearts. It brings to light what really is going on on the inside. Imagine being in a dark room. You can't see a thing. No, you might have heard that there are furnitures and objects, but you can't see it. It's all dark. Now imagine lighting a candle. 
the light from that candle will allow you to see what is around you, the furnitures and the objects that were hidden from your sight because there was no light. Well, the Bible is a little bit like that. It brings to light the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. And that's a good thing. You might think, well, that's a bit frightening. It brings my motivations, what's really going on. Well, just imagine, when you know something is not going very well with you in your health, you go to the doctor. You go to the doctor because you believe that person is knowledgeable, has been trained, and you believe that that person has good intentions, has promised not to do any harm. So you go in trust. You want to get better. And so you are open to listen to uh, what the doctor has to say. And when the person then tells you to take a certain course of action, um, you will do it because you want to get better. Well, it's the same with God. God is good. He has good intentions towards us. And He's perfect. He knows. And He loves us. And He will speak to us through His Word. Now, after reminding ourselves that the Word of God is active, it's alive, that it works deeply in our souls and in our heart, the author to the Hebrews also shows the compassionate character of Jesus. He writes, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. We have a rescuer who empathizes, understands, can relate with our weaknesses and vulnerabilities to temptations. He has been tempted himself in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. And so, as a consequence, the author says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. The person who receives Jesus as Lord and Rescuer don't have to be worried to approach God's throne. It's not a throne of condemnation. It's a throne of grace and mercy. It is where you will receive the help you need to be transformed and to be changed more into the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. So the Bible is the most popular book in the world. It is the most powerful book in the world. It is also the most precious book in the whole world. Psalm 19 verse 10 and Psalm 119 verse 105 puts it like this. The words of the Lord are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Your word is a lamb unto my feet, a light on my path. Now the word Bible comes from a Greek word, Biblia, 
which means the books. And that's because the Bible is a collection of books. It's a collection of books put in a certain order, a little bit like a library. Collection of books by over 40 different authors, written over 1,600 years. There's poetry, historical books, wisdom books, law books, songs, letters and much more. Despite the great variety of books and genres, the Bible speaks of a unifying story. It's all about Jesus. He is the key to understand the Old Testament and the central figure of the New Testament. In various ways and through many stories and events, the Old Testament uh, illustrates the human condition and the human needs to be rescued. It introduces a person, a figure, who will one day come and rescue not just the people of God, the Jews at the time, but the whole world, and bring about a new kind of kingdom, a new kind of ruling. And the title given to that person is the Messiah. Now the New Testament has records of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, who is recognized as the awaited the Messiah and proclaimed in all the known world. It then shows how first century Christians are transformed by their faith in Jesus and experience the life, forgiveness and new direction that God gives through his Holy Spirit. But how did they come to faith? And how do we today come to faith? The great missionary of the first century, Paul, writes to the Christians in Rome saying, Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of God about Christ. And in our reading this morning, the same author, Paul, writes, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word can also be translated is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is precious because its purpose is to help you come to faith and to help you live out the purpose God has for your life. God wants you to be thoroughly equipped for what you've been made to do. And to do that, he does four things through scriptures. He teaches you, that's God showing you the path on which you should walk. He rebukes you, that's God showing you when you are off the path. He corrects you, that's God showing you how you can get back on the path and he trains you. That's God showing you how you can stay on the path. God doesn't want you to have just any faith. He wants you to have a strong and lively faith. Not a wimpy faith that collapses when 
things get tough. And the way God grows your faith is through his word, through the Bible. So you need to know the Bible. You need to read the Bible, to listen to the Bible, to study the Bible, to memorize the Bible, to reflect on the Bible. We need to talk about the Bible and study it together also. It's not just me and the Bible or a personal reading of the Bible. We also need one another to learn and grow in our understanding and our discernment of God's ways. Why? Why should we read the Bible and study and learn it? Because it's active and it's alive. Because it's the most precious book in the world. Because it's a powerful book. It feeds our souls. It is food for the soul. And it grows also healthy convictions. Now, a conviction is more than just a strong belief. Conviction includes values and commitments and motivations. Someone once said, a belief is something you will argue about. A conviction is something you will die for. Your convictions determine your conduct. They motivate you to take a stand and act according to your values. So you need God's word to grow strong convictions. So this morning I hope you've been encouraged and challenged and that I've shown you that to grow healthy and deep spiritual roots you need to put the Bible at the heart of your life. And as a church and faith community we need to have the Bible at the heart of our life together. We need to read it, to study it, and inwardly digest its message. It's the most popular book in the world, it's the most powerful book in the world, and it's the most precious book in the whole world. Now, how you approach the Bible will determine how much you get out of it. If you approach the Bible as a skeptic, it's going to remain a closed book to you. Approach it with an open heart, and a willingness for God to speak to you and to teach you and to direct you. If you do that, you will never reach the bottom of the truth God has placed in his word. Let me finish with just this final thought. I have a lot of books at home and they're all very good books. But there is only one book that is the book. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have left us with that most precious book of all, the Bible. Help us as a faith community to study it, to read it, and to inwardly digest it. And in our homes, among our families and personal walks, open our hearts and our minds to what you want us to hear and direct our ways, that we might fulfill your purposes in our lives. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.
For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.